0: profitable path you've been searching for. With unlimited coaching, your success is guaranteed. Go to GeraldineCarter.com to learn more. Dates, times, pricing, it's all there. Welcome to the She Thinks Big podcast, where you'll hear from women entrepreneurs who are doing good in the world, from spark to screw up to success. Thinking big is in their core. It's in yours and it's in mine. I've traveled to 50 countries and seven continents, done an Ironman, and co-founded a company that has generated millions of dollars for sustainability. My name is Geraldine Carter, and I'm delighted to share with you conversations and coaching with amazing women. Time to get inspired and grow your impact. Hey ladies, do you remember eighth grade when you studied Mendel and his pea plants in biology? Do you remember the four squares you would fill out to determine what the next generation of pea plants would look like? I want you to have that same image today in your head when I talk about a decision matrix. It's a really simple tool for making better, faster, and more clear decisions. What I see happening is that when people are hedging about a decision, their focus tends to go right to the one thing they don't want to have happen. And because they're fixated on the one scary or terrible outcome, they're unable to see what's possible and a worse outcome that's hiding in plain sight. All of this can be captured in what I call a simple decision matrix, four squares, a quadrant. So really quick, a reminder of Mendel and his pea plants. And don't worry, this episode has nothing to do with biology. It's just the picture of the matrix that I want you to have in your head and the concept of separating out information that seems all combined and jumbled together. So Mendel, he was a monk, right? Which has nothing to do with anything. And he thought that when he bred a tall pea plant with a short pea plant, he'd get a medium pea plant. But instead, what he got was two tall plants. Then when he crossed the next generation, he got... three tall pea plants, and one short pea plant. Why? Because there was more information hiding inside the chromosomes and that information needed to be spread out in a matrix in order to understand what was going on right? You know this. It's the same for blue eyes in your family. How is it that parents who both have brown eyes can have a kid with blue eyes? Because the gene for blue eyes is hiding. But when you spread out the information, you can see it. And it turns out, who knew, this is called a Punnett square. But when you spread the information out, you can better see what's going on. It's the same thing with the information that you're using to try and make a decision. Sort of. The analogy breaks down at the edges. But I want you to keep the visual of spreading out the information so that you can tease out the information that you previously didn't see when you were focused only on what was visible, right? If you see parents who both have brown eyes, it would be really easy to assume kid with brown eyes, but not once you know how eye color works. So that's what I want to do with this episode is to help you see how with a better understanding of what happens behind your decision making to make better decisions faster. So let's get started. And fair warning, I do use a bit of colorful language in this episode. So if you have littles in the background, you may wanna hit skip for now. All right. Are you ready to dive in? In front of me, I have six examples to help illustrate how this works. I'll walk through each example and then tell you what I often see happening. So example number one, say you have an invoice that's outstanding and it's six months late and you're like, I don't want to send this invoice to my client. It's six months overdue. Oh my God, she's going to be so pissed at me. What if she doesn't pay it? Should I send it or not send it? What should I do? So here's where we go back and spread the information out a la Mendel's pea plants. It sounds like there's only one thing in play, right? Send it or not send it. But here's how you spread it out. Send it or don't send it across the top, and then the best thing that happens or the worst thing that happens down the side. Let me put numbers on these quadrants to make it easier. Top left is one, top right is two, bottom left is three, bottom right is four. So you have four options. The best thing that happens if you send it, the best thing that happens if you don't send it, the worst thing that happens if you do send it and the worst thing that happens if you don't send it. So what we do is go through and fill all these out. The best thing that happens if you send it is that hooray you get paid and she's happy to finally pay you because she's been waiting for that invoice to come in. The best thing that happens if you don't send it is I don't know what, the client gets the work done for free. Like, eh, that's not so great. The worst thing that happens if you do send it is that she doesn't pay you and she scoffs at you, and she's pissed, and she never hires you again. The quadrant that often gets overlooked is quadrant four. What's the worst thing that happens if I don't send it? So still, you don't get paid, and what makes it even worse is that you're going to be annoyed at yourself forever for never having sent it. So now the question becomes, which one would you rather have? You send it, you don't get paid, and she's pissed, or you don't send it, you don't get paid, and you're pissed at yourself. And frankly, quadrant three seems unlikely, right? If you do work for a client, they're gonna be expecting to pay you. Sure, it's gonna to help to send that email with the invoice attached with some really nice verbiage surrounding it so that it lands well, no doubt. But really what I don't want you to overlook here is the not getting paid and being pissed at yourself for all time. Let's do the next one. I don't wanna write this newsletter to my subscriber list. I'm a terrible writer and I have nothing to say. What if everybody unsubscribes? Okay. So again, you have four options, right? You have send it or not send it and the best that can happen and the worst that can happen. So the best thing that happens if you do send it is that you get business. Woohoo! You make money. Hooray! The best thing that happens if you don't send it is, I don't know, maybe you save some time it's going to be nagging at you if you don't send it. Where people's focus tends to go is right to the fear box, which is the worst thing that happens if you do send it is everyone unsubscribes. This seems rather unlikely when people opt in to your subscriber list. Sure, you might see some unsubscribes, but probably not everyone is gonna unsubscribe. And of course, the question is, if some people unsubscribe, can you handle it? You can, right? The quadrant that gets overlooked is quadrant four. What's the worst thing that happens if you don't send it. If people have signed up for your subscriber list, it's because they want to hear from you, right? They opted in. They're looking for your help. So the people who need your help, who you could genuinely help, the people who are looking for the person who does what you do to help them, well, now they're not hearing from you and they can't get the help they're looking for. And oh, by the way, you could be leaving a pile of money on the table. So when you have the thought, what if I write to my subscriber list and everybody unsubscribes, Remember that you're focusing right on quadrant three in the lower left corner, which is the fear box that people tend to fixate on, and what you're missing, which is the worst outcome in quadrant four, which is you don't get to help the people that you want to serve and you don't make money. So don't overlook that box. So now let's up at one level. You may have seen this example float around on the interwebs. What happens if we invest in our employees and they leave, says the CFO. And the CEO replies, what happens if we don't invest in them and they stay? So this is a great example that you can stick in a decision matrix. You can either invest in them or not invest in them, and they might stay or they might leave. So here are the four possibilities. Number one, you invest in your employees and they stay. Awesome, woohoo, everybody wins. Another possibility is that you don't invest and they leave. Well, then you have high turnover. That's also no good. Where people focus is what happens if we invest in them and they leave. Yes, that too is a bummer, you've lost money. But the worst option that gets overlooked is what happens if we don't invest and they stay? And then you have employees who are not growing and you might be leaving the growth of the company on the table. So here's another one. What happens if we invest in a green economy and climate change is a hoax? And all of you know that I don't think climate change is a hoax, right? Because I co-founded an organization called Climate Ride to raise awareness of climate change. So you know where I stand on this issue. (laughs) But back to the point, the options here are, do we invest in a green economy or not? And climate change is real or climate change is a hoax? So if we do invest and it's real, then hooray, we have a renewable energy economy and we've avoided the worst of the catastrophes. If we do invest and it's a hoax, well, the worst that happens is we still have a renewable energy economy and perhaps we could have directed that funding elsewhere. If we don't invest and it's a hoax, then we're neither here nor there. But here's the real problem. What if we don't invest in a renewable energy economy and climate change is real? Well, then we're effed bigger and more intense storms, tons of damage, and a refugee crisis that's bigger than we're seeing now. And that's the box that we're in. So let's take some real world problems from some women in business I know. This one's from my friend Annette who was wondering, should I take this gig that's outside my niche? In her business, she was niching down, and like the universe does, it challenged her commitment by offering her a gig that was in her old niche. So the question was, do I take this gig that's outside my new niche? The options are, take it or don't take it. What's the best that happens? What's the worst that happens? So if she takes the gig that's outside of her new niche... She makes a bit of money, and she strengthens a personal connection with this client, who by all accounts is a well-connected person. There could be opportunity there. The worst thing that happens if she doesn't take it is that she misses out on some possible income and possible opportunities with this well-connected person, so like FOMO. What was helpful for her to see were two other options. If she does take it, the worst thing that happens is she confuses the marketplace and the universe about what she does because she no longer has a clear and consistent message and it confuses her mind about where to focus her time and attention. And the best thing that happens is she says no and she stays focused on her new niche. Okay, last one, also from a friend of mine, and I hear this one repeated really often. What if I hire a new person and I don't have enough work for them? Okay, first of all, a lot of people freak out that they need to hire somebody 40 hours a week to start, and you don't. You can start someone at 10 or 15 or 20 hours a week. Don't assume you know what people want or what will fit, or will not work in their lives. If you're hiring someone, put out the call for exactly what you need and let them decide whether or not that works for them. But okay, back to the matrix. Do I hire or not hire? What if I don't have enough business coming in to keep them busy? Or what if I do have enough business coming in to keep them busy, right? Those are the options. So you put them on the box. Option one is you hire them and you don't have enough work. This is where the fearful mind goes. So what's the worst thing that happens? The very worst thing that happens is it doesn't work out for them and they quit. Option number two is say you hire and you have a bunch of work and you're busy. Well then, awesome, you're psyched. Option number three is say you don't hire and you don't have a bunch of work. Well then, you're still good. I mean, of course, you'd rather have your business be busy. But still, this isn't the worst thing. Here's the one that gets missed that you want to look at. What if you don't hire and you get super busy? Then you're hosed because now you're not going to be able to keep up with the demand of your work And you're going to be behind the eight ball in trying to hire somebody when you're already slammed. And that's going to suck. What I see in all of this is that people tend to focus right away on the scenario that sounds scary, but is unrealistic. And they miss looking at the more likely scenario that is realistic and arguably much more painful than the scary one. So the next time you're faced with a decision and you're like, hmm, what should I do? Should I go this way or that way? Remember Mendel's pea plants remember to spread it out into these four quadrants and fill each one out so that you can get more insight and more clarity into the totality of your options rather than simply fixating on the one that scares you. Ladies, I have a quick message for you. Chances are that you're doing really well in some areas of your business, but you know there are other areas that are suffering. Maybe you're overwhelmed by the backlog of tasks you need to complete, and you need help prioritizing. Or maybe your books are a mess, and you need a clear process and a timeline for getting them cleaned up, so you can clearly see what's happening with the money in your business. Or maybe you're wondering if adding a new offering in your business is a brilliant or terrible idea. When questions like these have you spinning out in your head and you're not making progress, then a lightning strategy session might be just the thing you need. We take 45 minutes to tackle one or two of your most pressing challenges. You'll get the clarity you seek, plus resources to accelerate your next steps and an action plan to get you started. Think about how much more quickly you will move when you're confident you're headed in the right direction. The price of lightning strategy sessions is going up on May 1st to $497. dollars You'll save $200 if you book it before April 30th. For less than a $300 investment in your business, you'll receive the clarity you need and deserve. So head on over to my website, shethinksbigcoaching.com and book your session now. And now back to the show. And of course, if you want to see these examples in writing, head on over to my website, shethinksbigcoaching.com, where you can download the matrices I made for you, plus a blank template. And as always, I would love to know what you found helpful in this episode. So come share in the Facebook group, search for She Thinks Big on Facebook. All right, ladies, I'll be back next week with more content to help your big ideas get the support they need to grow. Have a great week. If you want to find out more about the She Thinks Big podcast or hear previous episodes, head on over to my website, shethinksbigpodcast.com. And of course, I want to know what you're thinking big about. I hope you'll share in the She Thinks Big Facebook group. I love hearing from listeners because here in my studio, all I hear is crickets and my meowing cats. Thanks so much for listening to the show this week. You can subscribe at Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, please do leave me a raving five-star review. You can write to me at geraldineshethinksbigpodcast.com. At and if you want to send a tweet, I'm at Geraldine Carter. You've been listening to She Thinks Big. See you next week. Hi again. Would you rather spend your weekends outside playing or at your desk? In Down a 40 Hour CPA Mastermind, we put an end to overworking while maintaining revenue. Go to GeraldineCarter.com to learn more. Dates, times, pricing, it's all there.